You're listening to Dialed In, a National Club Golfer podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Dialed In, our weekly look at the best bets on the professional tours. As always, I'm joined by NCG's form expert, Barry Plummer. Barry, welcome. Hi, Steve. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. I saved my hide last night with uh, a kind of all-in bet on Billy Horschel um, to win the final of the WGC match play. Um, I'd been opposing Scotty Scheffler throughout the second day um, with not much success. But I did think he was a bit lucky to get past Kucha. I mean, Kucha had an awful display on the greens in the semi-final. And thankfully for me, um, the young Texan couldn't keep it up. And I came out of it with some profit, as did you. Yeah, Garcia did well for me to get through to the quarterfinals. I think his his display in the quarterfinals was a little bit disappointing, I think. And, you know, he ran into a Scheffler in good form at that point. And um, I think the the thing I will say about that event was that two players, Perez and Scheffler, sort of derailed my picks for the week um, all in one. And unfortunately, in a match play scenario, you just run into players who are just hot at that point in time. It doesn't matter who you are, does it? So, yeah, a little bit of profit to move on to this week is always nice. And we start this week, Barry, with the first major championship of the year, the ANA Inspirational at Mission Hills Country Club. It's the Dina Shaw Tournament Course in California. Uh, amazing field, as you would expect, for the first women's major of the season. Uh, Jin Young Ko is at 10 to 1. She leads the rankings, but you don't have to look too far behind to find the likes of Nelly Korda, Lexi Thompson, Danielle Kang, Lydia Ko, So Young Ru, Brooke Henderson. Um, what an exciting way to get into the major season. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, one word on the course itself is this is a real sort of ball strikers track. um, And you've got some of the best ball strikers you've just mentioned there on the LPGA Tour right at the top of the market. So you're going to be not looking too far wrong if you're up at that end when you're doing your analysis. Um, This is a course and an event which typically rewards players who have played well previously on this course. Um, So some recent, relevant, good course form. Um, is going to be important. And when you've got that sort of risk-reward par 5, 18th with the island green to negotiate at the end, there's definitely going to be drama towards the end of the event this week. Yeah, and in a tournament that's as packed as this, there's obviously a little bit of value around because um, money concentrates, obviously, at the top end. You've got three selections to go at for the ANA. So let's get cracking with your first, which is Jessica Corder at 20 to 1. Yeah, really impressively won the Diamond Resorts Tournament of Champions in January, which it was actually a sixth LPGA Tour win. Um, Corder has excellent form at the ANA Inspiration, which obviously I've mentioned to you um, is really important. She had a fourth place and a sixth place finish in her last three events there. Um, I mentioned also this is a ball strikers course. In terms of greens in regulation, Jess Corder ranks eighth. Um, and he's third for putts per green in regulation this year. So she's going to give herself plenty of opportunities to make birdie uh, on a course where, you know, the uh, the field are going to be looking to shoot low. So I think that Jess Corder is a good shout at 20 to 1 each way. Yeah, did you have a look at Nelly? I mean, obviously top 10 last time out. 
Yeah, both of them are in fantastic form. Um, and obviously, I think that probably uh, buoys them on together to, to, to sort of progress and make sure they're constantly getting better. And I think they've both got a very strong future ahead of them. So Jessica Corder uh, kicks off your picks for the ANA Inspiration. Barry, who's next? So second selection is Jennifer Kupcher, what I think is a huge price at 66 to 1. Um, when you consider the fact that she was runner-up at the LPGA Drive-On Championship, uh, she's 23 years old, has obviously had a fantastic career so far and looks to only be going up um, in her in terms of her trajectory. Uh, she's risen to 12th in the Rolex rankings this season and she's actually had a runner-up finish in each of her last three scenes on the LPGA Tour. And she's getting closer and closer to uh, making that sort of next step. Uh, and that could come this week at what looks like a huge price when you consider that she is sick for greens in regulation this season. And she has played here in the past, was 22nd last year. So we'll have learned from that experience. And hopefully uh, that's the, the type of um, previous experience that she needs in order to be able to negotiate this course. I'm hoping your final selection um, proves to be great value because I can't believe this player is... Um treble figures i mean astonishing given the career that she's had that she's 100 to one but um uh, pave the way for us for punting on anna nordqvist yeah 100 to one again is a price which i was very surprised to see when i looked on this morning uh she's had an incredible career so far eight lpga tour wins two major championships maybe the reason that we're getting so much value is that the last of those came in 2017 so it has been a few years um but nonetheless She's got a, an unbelievable uh, run of form in this event. She's not missed a cut in her last 10 attempts at this tournament. And she's had three top 10 finishes in total with a best of fourth in 2015. Um, something that she is brilliantly um, adept at is that she has lots of accuracy from tee to green. 17th for driving accuracy this season, 11th for greens in regulation this season. All of that experience over you know, a number of years on the LPGA Tour, She's bound to have a great chance. I think Anna Nordqvist at 100 to 1 is a really good each way shot. Of course, specialism can count for a lot if you see your eye and a lot of the holes and, and it suits the way that you play. I mean, give the comparison last week at the Dell match play with Matt Kuchar, you know, a guy who'd been in no form at all all season, but clearly loves playing in Austin and putting another really good display. Yeah, and he was one who I was sure every round when I was looking at sort of the match bets for each day, I was certain that there was going to be a defeat for Matt Kuchar coming along because of the fact that sustaining the form um, that he had last week over the course of seven events, uh, seven uh, games, would have been so tough when he's played, you know, relatively poorly by his standards recently. Um, so as you say, that course experience counts for a lot and Anna Nordqvist has probably more of that than most in that field this week. She was tied uh, 33rd in her last tournament at the Aviara Golf Club. I mean, does that concern you at all? No, I mean, it's one of those, isn't it? I think that, as we just mentioned with Kucha there, if, as soon as you get to an event where you've got, you know, fond memories, where you've got some experience and you've got um, the ability to be able to negotiate that track, when if you look at the top of the market, a lot of those players are quite early on in their career. Um, I think that, you know, that experience is going to pay off. And, and with the places available, I think that 100 to 1 is a good uh, a good shot. Yeah, it's the Kia Classic that Nordqvist posted a one over par total to finish tied 33rd last time out tournament that was won by Inby Park. A lot of the principals here, Barry, played pretty well. I mean, Lexi Thompson um, finished joint runner up. Uh, top 10 for Brooke Henderson and for Stacey Lewis. I mean, would you see any other dangers going down the market? 
I think you could probably make a case for, for every single one of the top 10 or 15 in the market based on, you know, their recent form and their recent performances and just the quality that they have. Um, and I think the reason that I've gone with the players I've gone for today is they're the ones for me that scream value out of out of the field. Um, and, you know, if they can get off to a good start, then they're going to have a, a good chance. Yeah, playing second fiddle to the ANA inspiration this week is the Valero Texas Open on the PGA Tour, being played at TPC San Antonio on the AT&T Oaks course in Texas. Dustin Johnson, the world number one, is here. He leads the market at 7-1. to one. Jordan Spieth's second favourite, double the price. It's a field that also includes Tony Finau, Scott Scheffler, the hero of the Dell match play, Matsuyama, Corey Connors, uh, Ryan Palmer. An all right field. Um, I mean, there's not a huge amount of strength in depth, which is to be expected, I suppose, given that um, the Masters is so close. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts on the tournament and, and the course as well. Yeah, so we know, obviously, from uh, the TPC in San Antonio, AT&T Oaks course, that it's a Greg Norman design, familiar Bermuda grass greens. Uh, the famous oak trees that the course is named after um, are the things you want to be avoiding. I mean, it's not too difficult to find the fairways. It's definitely not the hardest on the PGA Tour, uh, but you will need to make sure you avoid the penal rough, the trees down the, uh, down the sides of the fairways. And then, obviously, you've got the, the need to make sure that you are um, handling the conditions as well because it's likely to be windy and it's likely to be warm so uh, if the players can do that then again um, that's going to play into it. You have very bravely gone for Jordan Spieth as your main pick here. I say bravely because a lot of the value on Spieth has disappeared now. I mean he's clearly back. Um, he hasn't won a tournament yet. I mean he was obviously very good at stages in the match plays, contended frequently over the last month um, and here he is um, off that last round of last 16 in the match play. And you think this is going to be the week for him? Yeah, I've been keeping my powder dry on Jordan Spieth for a while now. Uh, back in Texas, obviously, a uh, week before the Masters, where actually, um, you know, that seems to be what could be the fairy tale story of his of his comeback. Um, and I think that he's going to want to get there firing on all cylinders. Um, he's somebody who has played well here before. He was runner-up in 2015. As you mentioned, he played well last week, got to the round of 16 at the match play. He's had three top fives in his last six events. Um, but I think the thing that's most impressive for me is that you need to be accurate on approach um, here. And he's fourth for strokes gained approach in the last three months. His putting has improved. I think all round, he is going to win very soon. And actually, when we're looking at a, maybe a weaker field this week, where there isn't, you know, a, a massively top-heavy sort of quality at the, the top end of the field, I think that Jordan Speed represents actually a little bit of value at 14 to 1. Well, we'll see on Sunday evening, won't we? Uh, next up for you is a former champion. Yeah, Charlie Hoffman, 30 to 1. This is a reasonable price. I mean, I, I wouldn't usually be going anywhere near Charlie Hoffman at 30 to 1. But uh, the fact that he's back on this course where he's a previous champion in 2016, He's had two runner-up finishes in the third-place finish at TPC San Antonio and eight top 15 finishes in 10 previous visits. So this is a course that he just plays well at and, and more often than not. Um, he's had a little bit of a run of good form, which is what's also interested me in him. Tied seventh at Pebble Beach and tied tenth at Arnold Palmer. Uh, and similarly to Jordan, fifth for strokes gained approach in the last three months. So everything is ticking the boxes for Charlie Hoffman. And um, like I said, although... Usually at that sort of price wouldn't be one that I'd be taking um, with me. I think actually, considering again the field and, and his recent form at that event, I think he's uh, a good shot. Yeah, and a player 
uh, to end your selections for the Texas Open, who's in reasonably good form and that you think would have a chance of collecting a second PGA Tour win this week? Yeah, Lanto Griffin at 55 to 1. Um, he's made five consecutive cuts now and has been 35th or better in each of his last five events. Now, that's not, you know, by any means outstanding form, but it's definitely showing that he's getting some consistency, which is impo- uh, important. And I think actually when Lanto Griffin is playing well, he usually does continue that and carry on with him. Uh, in the last three months, he's ranked 12th for strokes gained putting and 18th for strokes gained approach. So plenty of opportunities for him to make birdie on this uh, course. He's Previous appearance was his only appearance here, and it was tied 58. So, again, a little bit of knowledge and experience learned from that previous visit hopefully will be uh, beneficial for Lanto Griffin. And at 55 to 1, I mean, nearly double the price of, of Charlie Hoffman. I think, again, in each way, uh, shall not, uh, not a bad pick. So a trio of selections there for both the ANA Inspiration and the Valero Texas Open. Lots for listeners uh, to get their teeth into. Um, but I always put you on the spot each week and I ask you for your best bet. So from the two events, which is Baz's banker this week? I'm going to go with Jennifer Kupcho at 66 to 1. I was bowled over by her price this morning. I think that she's got a great chance to take that next step in her career. And I really hope she does it this week. Well, best of luck to you, Barry, and any other listeners who are going to be following you in. Please remember, if you are having a bet this week, to gamble responsibly. Barry, thanks for joining us as always on Dialed In. Cheers, Steve. And thank you for joining us as well. And please be with us next week as we get stuck into the first men's major of the year, the Masters. See you then. (laughs) 